Hello, and welcome to the Built On Air podcast. Built On Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. In this episode, we talk to Jonathan Scheiman, a web designer and life coach. Although these may seem like two very different jobs, Jonathan shares with us that he uses a similar approach for both types of his clients. He helps people talk through their needs in order to find the best approach or solution to a healthier thought pattern through life coaching or a better online presence through web design. Later, Jonathan walks us through a prototype Airtable base that tracks the progress his life coaching clients make across their sessions. As we go over the base, Jonathan explains the ins and outs of cognitive behavioral therapy, a method of counseling which aims to help clients identify and avoid self-defeating thoughts in order to become more confident in their everyday lives. Jonathan designed the base to log clients' thoughts, summarize previous sessions, and prepare agendas for upcoming client meetings using Airtable's form views and roll-up features. Good afternoon, Jonathan. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm really excited to be here. So um, you're going to talk to us about the day in the life of a web designer and also a life coach? Yeah. So kind of a weird story. When I finished uh, really high school, I wanted to go into kind of the helping one-on-one profession little bit of a long story, but I enrolled in this course to become a life coach. And basically within the first few classes, the teacher was like, okay, you have to find a way to market yourself. And I was the youngest person in the course by 20 or 30 years. It was a lot of retired therapists who either wanted to add credentials or were done with being a therapist, but they wanted a similar uh, career. And, um, you know, I, being one of the younger people, I'm like, well, got to get online. Um, I signed up for like a GoDaddy instant website thing. And I had a whole website up and running within like a day or two. I wasn't, I didn't know any code, but I was kind of always helping like my parents and their friends, like how to use, they were like when they just started using smartphones and stuff like that. So I had a pretty good intuition for it. Um, and then I shared it on our group's listserv and like half the class, like just email me, like, can we hire you to make us a website? Like we all know, we all knew we need a website, but none of it, like being their age, none of them really had the technical warehouse to do that. And while I just like signed up for this to make a living out of it, all of a sudden people were like offering me money to make them websites and Facebook mm-hmm. pages and stuff like that. So while kind of my passion stayed always with life coaching, it ironically turned into my side gig and web design and marketing became my nine to five job. Those two sound completely different from each other. I imagine the difference between having a client coming to you for a web design and a client coming to you for advice on how to go forward with certain life decisions, that requires a completely different type of thinking. How do you manage going back and forth like that? That's a great question. The truth is the life coaching stuff is not so much about advice, I guess, it's more about helping the person, like helping them get to their own answers. Okay. And, um, how, 
how do I deal with the different questions that they come to me with? I guess I do in some ways approach it the same way and where the ultimate goal is helping the get helping the to get the person where they want to be. So, you know, and helping them figure out what the path is for them. So for some people, the path is like a one page landing page with Facebook ads, and they're not Mm -hmm. interested in about writing a blog and uh, building a newsletter, and they just want to pay money and get leads coming in on a steady basis without content marketing um, or something something like that. And it's my job, and they don't know that, right? They just know that they're a dentist and they need leads, right? Or And so it's my job to ask them questions to help them get and figure out what they want and what the best path is. And I would say life coaching is a little bit the same way, right? If someone um, comes to me and says, you know, I can't, I just can't be happy, right? That That's a pretty vague one. But, you know, people come to me, I just, I'm just not happy. Um, so it's not about me giving them advice on how to be happy. Um, it's about me saying, okay, well, let's see what's holding you back from happiness and a possible solution, right? And that's kind of okay. what the base is about that we're going to be looking at also. Okay. That's a, actually a great way to look at it. And it, I, I never even thought about it like that until you mm-hmm. just asked me the question. Oh, yay. See, <laughs> yeah. we're helping each other. Right. <laughs> How long has it really been since you've started off on these two separate but kind of similar approaches to helping people, web design and life coaching? Yeah, good question. So um, I'm 30 years old. I started the life coaching thing um, about six years after I graduated high school. So I was 24. So I would say I started learning about life coaching about six years ago, became a web designer. Like within a year, I had kind of an up and running business about it. And as I took on more web design, like the coaching thing almost fell to the side. They totally fell to the side. Um, As I built websites for clients and marketing, I learned about it more and more myself. And then probably two years, three years after that, I'm like, you know what? I know how to do this. So I built myself some pages. I ran a lot of A-B tests. I spent a lot of money in AdWords. And I, you know, I followed the path slowly but surely um, through enough testing and enough traffic. I really found a funnel that worked for me. So I would say the web design stuff, like six years, life coaching, three to four years. Okay. So you've been in the game, as they say, for long enough to see kind of the ebb and flow of how different approaches to web design have have come and gone. You mentioned having a kind of a GoDaddy's instant website sort of thing. Um, How have you seen your approach to helping other people make their websites change with the rise of kind of do-it-yourself WYSIWYG editors? Great question. And I would say that to be honest, those don't play that much of a role okay. in in my market. Um, I I think that those tools have a place, and especially either for someone who has like no budget um, or has has. I, I mean, I've had clients who are like even on on Wix and and Squarespace. They they get it. They they see what a good website is about. Um, but for the most part, my clients fall into 
three categories. One, people who they would spend a thousand hours on Wix before they came out with anything that they felt like happy about. Mm-hmm. Um, just because either they didn't grow up in, you know, using a computer or computers just don't talk to them. They don't get computers. Um, you know, that's one group, just the not tech savvy. Another tech sa- another group is people who are running successful businesses and they want to run their business. They don't want to deal with a website. They don't want to deal, they don't want to spend 20 hours right. making site on Wix. Um, they're running a successful business with multiple employees and they have a marketing team and, and the marketing team does research on, you know, finding a, an agency to do a website and I might be that agency. And then the third category, which is like selfishly my favorite category, it's people who try it on Wix and you could you could like maybe create something that looks really nice. They have great templates. Um, but the fact is I see so many websites that make such easy, basic mistakes, like start off with welcome to our website. You know, our attention span online is so, so small. If you don't catch the person within a half a second, then they're bouncing. They're, they're leaving the website and welcome to my website does not get anyone's attention. You know, so you can have, you can be a great designer um, and you can, and you can, you know, be really tech savvy, but there's a lot more that goes into a website that is just about looking nice. It, it the website is about a performance and about converting leads. So there's so many, yeah, there's so many people who try it on their own or at least start trying it on their, on their own. And it it has nothing to do with Weebly versus WordPress versus H, you know, coding it HTML. It's the marketing side of it, not the coding building side. So there's, there's plenty of room for professional web developers, even in the world of WYSIWYG builders. I think that's a great outlook. I used, I used to do, um, web design as well. And I remember kind of like you, I didn't have any kind of formal training in making websites in general. Someone just asked me, Hey, can you make a website? And I was like, okay. And I, you know, worked my way through starting off with those kind of builders. And then once I was more comfortable learning code and that kind of path, what is your kind of perspective on how you were able on your own kind of outside any of these courses that sprang up? after I started learning and probably after you started learning as well. How did you say, I know this is what I want to continue on with and help people with. How do I learn it for myself? Yeah, great question. I do remember one moment where like I started, most of my education has just been about downloading install after install of WordPress and trying. And that's how I learned Airtable also. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no college, you know, curriculum on how to use Airtable. There are some great YouTube videos. So I watched some YouTube videos. Um, Mm -hmm. I read about a bunch of stuff on, you know, Yoast's website for SEO. And I did, I did have this one kind of aha moment when I knew this really spoke to me. Um, I did, I didn't make it far, but I did start on Code Academy, mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, a, a JavaScript course after I had already finished. I think I did the HTML and CSS on, on Code Academy, which is not enough to build a website, but it's enough to now you be able to read forums and, and learn it on your own. And uh, it, we were just doing the JavaScript alert to get the the browser to pop up an alert thing. And I just, I, I just like, I loved hitting the enter button over and over again and seeing how my three lines of code got the computer to do something. And I, I like pulled out, there was someone I was standing next to, I'm like, you got to see this. And like, so like, it's the most basic thing, you know, in code in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it lit me up in such a way that I'm like, this is, I, you know, this is something that I can do long-term for sure. 
Right. I, I don't remember what my aha moment was, but I do remember looking at forums, like you said, and trying to find a solution to the problem I was having. And one day I just suddenly understood what uh-huh. everyone was talking about. And I was like, oh, okay, I've made it. So right. Yeah. You, I'm sure you recognized with Airtable as well, like WordPress, we have kind of a strong community presence in our forums, having everyone kind of pile in and answer questions with each other. Have Was that something that helped you learn the program as well? A great question. And the truth is, I'm pretty new to Airtable. I would say, I think, well, I, I should have checked this beforehand, like when I started building my first base, but I would say it was really like four months ago, something like that. And um it, the forums, I did learn a few things on the forums. I don't even know if I would qualify myself to, to contribute to the forums. I think I have posted a thing or two on some of the Facebook groups. What I love, what kind of how I knew Airtable was right for me, um, and this, this really goes together with like WordPress, um, is that like there's two, you know, I do like a lot of AdWords for myself and my clients also. And when you do AdWords, you really have to know Excel. It is just like lists and lists of keywords and ad copy and whatever. And like, to me, software is broken into two categories. Ones where you have to read documentation and then start using and ones where you just start using and then documentation kind of fills in the gaps. And Excel is the first. You just, it's just not visual. It's just all formula based. You will go crazy. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people do this, but you will go, I went crazy trying to just hack it on my own. And eventually Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just got to sit down and watch hours and hours of video before I even start trying. And then one day, like recently I found Airtable and it's, it's like they took Excel and they made it a lot better and they made it in a way where you just start using it. And then you use forums and documentations to fill out, fill in the things you can't figure out yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's what, that's what just pulled me in really right at the beginning. You know, I'm glad you like asked this question. Now I'm going to try to be more proactive in the forums. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone I can suck into the forum. Right. <laughs> that's where I spend all of my time. Uh-huh. So I really like that description you gave of the different types of software um, going between something you start off kind of just, you, you get your feet wet and then you continue to learn on it and some that are just daunting at first. I think I've noticed that in quite a few different programs that I end up using in my day-to-day. And I think I've been fortunate to have kind of a supportive environment where I was able to learn things. Like we had a Photoshop class in my high school. So without that, I think I'd be a little bit behind because right. like you were saying, like there's Photoshop. no course on it. Yeah, like I don't do so much digital manipulation, uh, image manipulation, like Photoshop, but like the difference between Photoshop and like Canva, if you ever used Canva, Canva is like way simpler, but like, it's just, it's just designed to just start using like, and Photoshop's a perfect example of the opposite, at least for me. Yeah. Well, even professionally nowadays, I don't use Photoshop as much as I use the rest of the Adobe suite, uh-huh. but um, because I, I work in an office full of architects and I'm a planner, so we have different applications for things. So they'll use AutoCAD and Photoshop constantly, and I'll use Illustrator and SketchUp, and even though those are fairly similar programs, right, in their intent, they're completely different in terms of how you have to think in order to use them. So I think it goes back to your description of whether or not it's a program you can just kind of 
you know, start off with and get your feet feet wet. And then to me, there's even another category of right. There's the thing about if you learn to ride a bicycle, you'll always learn. You'll always remember how to ride it. Mm-hmm. For me, AutoCAD is one of those programs where I learned and I was able to use it and then I didn't use it for a year. And then I, and now I'm struggling a little bit. Uh-huh. So um, I think that one of the advantages of Airtable um, is in addition to that kind of community that they had built with everyone engaging and, and helping each other out. I think they've kind of mastered the visual approach where there's certain cues in order to remember something. If I stepped away from it, I would be able to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, so if you wanted to go over one of your bases, I believe you were going to do one focused on your life coaching. Um, I can turn the presentation over to you and we can we can take a look. Sure. So just as a word of introduction, so I had a different base that I wanted to show off, which was kind of like a B2B CRM that I made for um, one of my web design clients. And um, uh, I just decided that, hey, this is my opportunity to kind of get out of the box. And I tried saying, you know what, forget about the web design, which is fits a lot with Airtable. Let me try, or the PPC, I had another base about about AdWords and keyword grouping. I said, let me try to bake a base about life coaching. So I haven't actually used this yet in my life coaching business, um, but I just it just clicked when I started building it. I said, you know what? I want to do this one on the podcast. So um, so I, I apologize if a thing or two is rough around the edges. Um, I'm sure some of the real experts watching this are going to be like, not there's a better way to do that, you know, but this is, uh, this is the way I pulled it together. So let me, I guess also second introduction. So I have a very specific way I do life coaching. Okay. Uh, if anyone in the audience knows anything about life coaching, a lot of life coaches follow kind of a famous, uh, approach like through the ICF or Tony Robbins also is a very famous, well-known thing. Uh, my approach is um, using something called cognitive behavioral therapy. So cognitive behavioral therapy is developed for therapy, developed for people with um, very severe depression, anxiety, uh, a whole host of many, many other uh, mental disorders that I'm not qualified to really talk about um, or treat, obviously. But I really learned a lot CBT um, for my own development as a person. And I fell in love with it. And I realized, hey, these techniques and these skills are something that a regular person could use to go from ordinary to extraordinary. It's not just for people who are struggling or people with disorders. It's just for, I'm going to try to help people through life coaching, use these skills who are regular, ordinary, healthy, everyday people and take them to the next level. So the base is about how a life coach um, or in theory, a therapist um, could use the base to help them structure their uh, one-on-one sessions throughout their client with their clients and how they can organize um, and keep track. When you see a lot of clients throughout the week, it can get very um, very confusing and disorganized in your own brain. And there's also some tools in there to share with the client. Okay, so this is um, this is the base, and uh, like I said, it's it's kind of brand new. So it's called CBT test. CBT again is stands for cognitive behavioral therapy, and we're going to focus right now on the cognitive. And what cognitive means is that a person's um, 
uh, a person's feelings in life, right? Their, their emotional health is based on the way they think. Cognitive means cognition is, is an approach to thinking. So for example, Okay, so let's say um, everyone in, in the, I don't know about everyone, but a lot of people in the audience are um, Airtable builders. And let's say you got hired for a gig to build a client in Airtable base so that they can automate their business, all the typical stuff, right? Um, so you could have uh, this developer, Airtable developer, and he could, right before the call, he could be thinking, Ugh, like the client's not going to be happy with this, and um, I don't, I, I really, um, I didn't charge enough money for this and um, I, I'm going to sound all nervous and, uh, you know, telling themselves all these kind of self-defeating um, beliefs about themselves. Um, I really, I'm not, I'm not qualified to do this. And, and then what does that do? All those thoughts kind of send signals to the rest of my body and my chest tightens up. I get butterflies in my stomach. I might start sweating a little. And then it creates a vicious cycle because I say, oh, I'm so nervous. I must really not be ready. I must really not. I, I should have practiced more. If I'm so nervous, it must be that that um, I'm getting myself into something that I'm not ready for. Like a negative uh, feedback loop almost. Right. Negative feedback loop. Right. So what CBT does is it helps the person identify, wait a second, these are just pop-up thoughts, right? You could be using a website and you could get this, you're trying to interact with the website, you get this annoying pop-up thought, right? So that's also here, you were trying to, to sit down with a client and uh, and go through this base and show them how awesome Airtable is. And you just, this thought just gets in the way. It didn't, it didn't come from somewhere. It didn't, you didn't want it there. It's just getting in the way. Um, and CBT is kind of about like how to hit that little X and replace it with a positive thought that will then trigger positive feelings inside uh, inside you. So that so is the a basis great of- explanation of CBT <laughs> and also a great nod to your other profession. Oh, thank you very much. Um, so, so before I actually was using Airtable, I was using Trello to organize. Right. Um, to organize when people knew leads. So people would come onto my website, whatever, 7% of them would fill out a contact form. And then they would get, you know, like Zapier would send them um, into, this was a Trello board. And then it would, this would be not yet followed up, followed up, no response, followed up with response, a client, and then completed as like no longer client. And then as I followed up with them, you know, I would move them into the different, uh, into the different columns here. Right. So, so we're going to pretend that Benji, I just signed up with Benji. Um, you know, this is, these are the, uh, this is basically, actually, let's close that. So usually when someone fills out a form on a website, there's name, phone number, email address, and message. So mm-hmm. here, in, while I'm following up with the person, I don't really care about all the other things I've linked to them. Um, you can see here, I basically turned off everything besides for um, when they first contacted me. I can use that in my knowledge of following up with them and what was their original message. So the person wrote, I need a coach. I'm, these are all fake da- data. So I need a coach to help with my son. I do a lot of work with teenagers. Okay. So then I close them. They move into client. Now, once they move into client, I have a new view here. And this just shows, you can see here in the filter, it just shows clients because right. the rest of the base is about the clients that I'm currently working with. Um, if the person like this person, Benji is only showing up because of, you know, what I just did in, in my lead funnel. So um, I'm going to basically come back to this table um, and I'm going to jump into the sessions table. So let's pretend 
you can see here, this is a test because really this should also be showing really only my current clients. So yeah. I could pull in like a lookup and then if they're looked, if, and then build a filter on, on the lookup. But I, I'm also, I'm trying to show off, you know, normally a life coach works with multiple clients. So kind of just as an example. So, um, so these are all my sessions and they're grouped by clients. So whenever I have a new session with a person, um, I can just hit this plus and they're auto-populated. This normally would be also um, like the, the auto-created time. But again, because this was fake, I wanted to put in various dates to make it look a little more normal. So I switched it to the date. But or also, this would be automated. So this would be the, the name of the record would be filling it as an automated. So um, here I can put in the agenda. And basically, the way when you're a life coach or a therapist, I assume, you look at previous last week's session and you try to also it reminds you of what all the sessions have been with working up towards today. And therefore I can, um, based on what happened last week, um, I can create what I think will be a good agenda for this week's session. Okay. Um, and then after the session, I can fill in a summary of how the session went. And I can also write in plans right then for my next session, which then the next week I can use to create a new agenda or these two might end up being kind of the same, whatever. There's just a little extra room there to write additional notes. I'm also going to show how clients can actually submit things throughout the week. So that can also change my agenda. Um, Cause like this, I would fill in right after the previous session agenda. I would fill in right before the session uh, here. I'm going to delete this just so it doesn't kind of interfere with the other things that we're going to be talking about. Um, okay. Now let's jump into what would happen during a session. So this is the thoughts. Let's actually go here to log a thought. Okay. And uh, I have here this, um, this is what I give to the client. So, um, so you can see here, basically, this is a master of all the thoughts and remember, CBT is all thought-based. So this is a list of all the thoughts that come in um, that I'm working on with my clients. This master list doesn't really do much for me in practicality, but I create a, um, a forum view and then I send this to the client. And you can see here in the URL, the user is hidden, um, prefill user and user submitted and that equals Benji. So that way each client doesn't have to select their name or like if, you know, mm -hmm. they don't see like other linked records, which might show that I mean, it depends how you build it, but like it could show them other clients names, yeah. which is obviously helps with privacy. Right. Right. So issues. So this way it just saves them a step. I send this send them this link and I know every time they submit a thought, um, in their thought record, thought journal, whatever it's logged correctly in Airtable under their name. Right. So here they would, let's say they have a podcast that they, um, are going to, uh, get on about, I don't know, whatever it is. A lot of my clients are in high school. So let's say they have to give a, a speech in front of their class. So they would write into their, um, into their, into their form, you know, I'm going to blow it. Um, everyone, everyone will laugh, laugh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do that all the time. At me. Okay. <laughs> then what we next, with the next the different ways to do CBT, but what the next thing that I like to do with my clients, depending on what part of the journey they are in, is seeing what categories this thought falls into. So usually when we tell ourselves something negative, it's like blown out of proportion, or it's not taking everything into account, or it's even a judgment that we don't even know if it's true or not. And the better, the better we can categorize and identify what pattern this negative thought, oh, it's another type of 
you know, the better we can categorize and identify, the easier it is to defeat and get rid of it. So I, there's a whole lot of categories. I just stuck to five, especially when I work with teenagers, try to keep it simple. Um, the first one is all or nothing. Is my thought all or nothing? Well, it is a little bit all or nothing because what does this mean? Everyone will laugh at me. Let's say there's 30 kids in my class. Even if one kid doesn't laugh at me, now it's not everyone. And there's a difference between everyone laughing at me and some kids laughing at me. And I'm going to blow it, you know? I wrote, okay, whoops. I can see I'm a little nervous with all my typos. Um, so, so, you know, usually when someone gives a speech, it's not a zero and it's not in a hundred, right? And when you say, I'm gonna blow it, you're convincing yourself that you're gonna get a zero, right? I don't even care about what the teacher gives you. I'm just talking about for your own confidence in, in how you're gonna present. You might make mistakes. Um, you might you might um, forget, forget one of your sentences. You might drop your slides, whatever. It doesn't mean you got everything wrong. You blow it as like a zero. So, you know, I would tell, tell a client that's an all or nothing thought future telling. This is a, is a clear future telling. You don't know whether you're going to blow it, right? You're, you're getting yourself all nervous for something that you don't even know if it's going to happen, right? So this is called future telling, okay? Mind reading. So my, well, I'm going to change the thought just to show an example of what mind reading would be is everyone will think I'm stupid, right? Typical thing with teenagers and adults. Um, and, and no one can ever, ever know what's going on in someone else's mind, right? So this would be a classic example of mind reading now that I switched it. Filtering is, I'm going to move through these a little bit quicker now. Filtering is kind of similar to all or nothing. It's like discounting the positive, right? I, you know, a more accurate summary might be, I'm going to get some things right. I'm going to get some things wrong, whatever. Um, so you could call this filtering because I'm only focusing on what might go wrong. Magnifying. So again, you know, classic, I mean, I picked the thought specifically that checks all the boxes. Some of them do, some of them don't. Magnifying is when I take something and again, I blow it out of proportion. Mm -hmm. So here I have an old feel. Um, so old feel is like, what am I feeling when I think this thought out of 10? And I, well, I feel like a two, you know? So I say, okay, here are all the ways I'm lying to myself. I'm all or nothing thinking, I'm future telling, I'm mind reading, magnifying. So and my new thought might be is, I don't know what others, I'm just going to say it out so I don't waste time. I don't know what others are going to think. I know that I've prepared for this and I'm going to do the best I can, right? Or I know that I've given presentations in the past and not everyone laughed at me, you know? And the more I give myself new thoughts, the more I'm first, I'm going to feel like a five and then I'm going to feel like a six and a seven. And if I, you know, after a lot of practice and a lot of hopefully good coaching sessions, you get to the point where saying, I'm going to do amazing, right? I've done this. I've practiced. I know my stuff. And if people laugh, it's because they don't get what I'm saying. It's because they're not smart enough to understand my great presentation. And I feel like a 10, you know, and then they hit submit. And again, at the beginning, they're like ones and maybe the new feel will get them up to a three. And hopefully after a few months of coaching, they start off at like fours and fives and they end off at 10. So it's, mm. it's a progressive uh, growth. So they hit submit. Okay. Now, so now let's say my example today is all about Benji. So um, Benji, this would be Benji's list of all the thoughts he had throughout the week. So you can see here um, if the user submitted as Benji and the session is empty. So here, when I sit down to either write my um, plan for today's session, or maybe I didn't make a plan or whatever, I see all the thoughts that Benji logged this past week since my last session, okay? There's none here, but I let's say I look at them. And then as I look at them, uh, which one here session, 
So I, lo- I log it into today's session because we're, I'm now going over it with Benji and saying, okay, tell me what happened. Tell me how you fought your thoughts. Tell me, was it an easy process? Was it a hard process? The whole coaching process. Um, and then I give him maybe better examples or I said, well, you left out mind reading. This is classic mind reading, whatever, the whole coaching process. And then I can log it into this, th- that day's session, right? And that way, when I go into uh, sessions, so I can see the thoughts that Benji had last session, okay? And I can see the thoughts that he had the previous session. And that, again, helps me build a roadmap for Benji on what to do this upcoming session, what our agenda should be as we, uh, as we go forward. And I try to help him more and more defeat his self-defeating, self-defeating thoughts. Um, right. Okay. So then um, as the weeks and months go on, I want to show Benji, um, A, his progress, and I want tools for myself to try to figure out Benji's patterns. The better I can understand Benji and the way his brain works, the better I can help him come up with new thoughts or help him help him find other things that are holding him back, um, whatever it is. So, um, so another thing which I didn't mention earlier is, um, and I'm skipping a lot of the CBT um, manual here, but a lot of negative thoughts or these automatic thoughts, pop-up thoughts, whatever you call them, um, they they you can build a pattern based on them. So if the thought is always about how um, I'm not going to succeed and I'm going to fail and people will laugh at me, maybe those all come together in a core belief. And a core belief is a super, super simple self-judgment. So the self-judgment might be I'm stupid or I'm inadequate or I'm unlovable or just something real like foundational to the way I understand myself. Okay. So again, as I look through and here I could do like on my master list, let's say after I um, look over today's session. So really maybe I would do this like based on date. So right after today's session, I can look at all the se- all the ones we just logged and I would probably do, like filter it by Benji. And let me move this. And I would write what pattern I think it can fall into. And I can either use one of the previous ones or obviously add a new one here. I just, as an example, I write, I'm a failure. I'm inadequate. And that way, again, as I plan and try to help Benji in the long term, I can go to Benji's patterns. And Benji's patterns are grouped and then subgrouped. So I can see, like, let's say I toggle everything closed, collapse, collapse wall. I can see how many thoughts have fit into I'm inadequate versus I'm a failure. And then after mm-hmm. a month or two, or maybe a little bit longer, I can say, you know, Benji, I'm seeing this pattern that you really think you're inadequate. You know, where do you think that comes from? How do you think we can specifically focus on building you new thoughts that talk about how adequate you are, you know? And then I can toggle this open and I can see if there's any repeating thoughts. Like, why can't I ever get it right? I know with myself, when I was in college, I had this just just automatic thought that whenever I saw someone, I guess I was coming from jealousy, whatever, I had this thought of, that guy thinks he's better than me, or she thinks she's so much better than me. And that was just like some super pervasive, just negative thought that got me to be mean to people and jealous of people, you know? And so like on my air table, this one would just have 30 after like a month of working with a life coach, because I just had this thought crop up six, seven times a day. Right. So the more I fill this in, the more um, these are group. Now, a problem that 
a lot of Airtable might be thinking, if the person didn't type it in exactly the same, they're not mm. going to get grouped together. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's like the dedupe block, which like has, I think, an algorithm. I don't really use, I haven't used that so much, but like I think it says find similar, but then that also combines them, which I don't really want here. I want to show the client how many times they logged it. So, okay, I might have to manually adjust a word or two to get them to grouped, whatever. I haven't uh, gotten that far into using this base yet. So, uh, you know, time will tell. But um, the idea is I can see the most pervasive thoughts and then I can see how those build into Benji's core beliefs and how much pervasiveness there is in a particular thought and in a particular belief. And then a cool thing about Airtable is I can see the averages here. So I can see on average where, um, you know, what thoughts drag down the most, what thoughts are have the lowest averages and where there's the most opportunity for growth. So I have in here also a function where um, I have a couple hidden fields here where this takes the amount of stars and calculates it into a number, which I don't even know if I need it or not. Um, because I think Airtable can just look at the stars and I can build a function off a formula off that. But I did that and then I did the average of the two numbers. So um, you can see here the uh, actually this is wrong. Um, this was sorry about that. I was tinkering and I must have added something. But this is basically supposed to show the difference of here. This is two to 10. So this number is supposed to be an eight and there's one to that's supposed to be a nine. And again, this is the growth column. It's supposed to show. Um, the amount that the client made a change in this right. thought. Right. Um, okay. And then the last step is, um, oh, another thing that I can use to help build a profile for a client is I used a roll-up field here. And as Benji submits more and more sessions, I used a roll-up here to see what are his most common categories, right? Are, is he a typical all or nothing thinker? Is he a typical filtering thinker? I had a client who just, she didn't, the only thing she really showed was she was just such a mind reader, right? All she cared about, like all of us, we all care about what other people think. But instead of just saying, I'm nervous what other people are thinking about, she just always assumed that she knew what other people were thinking about. And it really made her you know, it really hurt her relationships with her friends and her family. And here it would be like a very slated thing. It would be like five, 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 and a hundred, you know? Right. So this also really helps me. It, like a good thing about Airtable is it can take a lot of data and give you great summaries. This is a great way for me to see a client that I've been seeing for months. And I can't like look at every single session at once, but this is a way for me again to see a, a pattern for a client that could ultimately help me identify a great way that's holding him back and a great path to success for that client. Um, and then I think last but not least is another thing that I could share with a client and that's the progress, which um, again, I apologize that one of my most recent edits must have, um, must have uh, changed something here. But basically this is, I, I have a hidden field here to take the date um, and to just remove the day and just show the month and the year. And that way I can group by month and year and I can show, okay, on average, when we first started in October, you started off with twos and you ended up with sevens, right? And then again, pretend there's a lot more filled out because it's just an example. And then by the time we finished your average started off at or it's two and a quarter. Let's pretend it's like five, your weakest thoughts, you know, we're averaging at fives, not twos anymore. And your best thoughts were averaging at 9.75s, you know, and that way the client can really 
Because the client also, a lot of times they have this negative thought of, oh, I've been doing life coaching for four months and I've made no progress. Well, that itself, that's an all or nothing thought because you say I've made no progress. You know, it's filtering because there's there's progress. For sure there's progress. Um, it's not future telling because he's assessing the past. It's not really mind reading. Um, and is it, let's see what the last one was. All or nothing, filtering and magnifying, right? Saying I've made no progress when the person has made progress. So there's there's so many thoughts um, that come up throughout a person's day. And here's a way for me to show, look at the progress you've been making. And then like even more recently, right before we got in the fall, I'm like, you know what? This would make a great block. So like the person could actually see a bar chart, you know, going up as the months went on, this would be like the monthly, this would be the growth number, right? So in October, your differences between your negative thoughts and your new thoughts was four and a half. And by November, the differences were six. You were able to make that transition in a much stronger way. Um, you know, and then kind of next steps for this base would be to build out more, either more, more blocks or more charts showing where the client can see their most pervasive thoughts um, or, you know, the thoughts that on average have the lowest scores and be on extra alert for those thoughts. Um, or the other thing I like to do with clients is lifeline thoughts where I had a client who, um, he was going on a date and he was so nervous. It was like his first real date. And he's like, Jonathan, I'm not going to be able to do CBT on the date. Like I'm going to be too pressured and I'm not going to, the girl's going to like, think like, what are you like logging on your phone all the time, you know? And, um, so we came up with this idea of lifelong thought that no matter what negative thought popped into his head, he would reframe his mind. He would really just focus on this lifeline thought, And that would bring him back up from like a two to a nine. And the lifeline thought was, if this girl agreed to go on a date with me, it means you know, she likes me. She, there's something about me that she wanted to get to know more. And that really killed any thought of, oh, this girl's not having fun. This girl didn't want to be on the date. This girl didn't whatever. And um, the confidence that that lifeline brought him made the date a success and it made, you know, them want to continue dating. And it, it just filled that need perfectly. So like I could make another um, possibly like I can make a checkbox when someone fills in a thought, can make a checkbox and say, is this a lifeline thought, you know? Mm-hmm. And then that way a person can, I can share that view with them. I can build a filter saying, you know, where Benji is and lifeline thought is checked. And that way, if a person ever really starts having a panic, dis- uh, panic uh, attack or right before a speech or whatever it is, they can, you know, pull up that link of that view of here's all my lifeline thoughts. Um, so there's a lot of cool ways that we could take this base in the future. Um, but this is kind of, I, let me make sure I showed everything. Um, master long thought. Um, I don't think I had any other views here. Yeah. That's basically the, the base in a nutshell. Well, that was great. Um, it actually, you actually explained it very well for someone like me who hasn't had much experience or any really knowledge about CBT, but you broke it down in a way where while you were explaining it, I was thinking, oh yeah, I do kind of do that. And talking through how you've organized your base, it is made in a sort of logical way where um, you can have something as simple as a checkbox that reminds whoever's filling out your form, oh yeah, that is something that we had talked about before. Maybe I am magnifying a little bit. So I think it's a really good example of um, really what you have are just simple single line text fields 
um, five check boxes and then some um, rating fields. And that's really all it takes to help people kind of think through how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And then you have all this other stuff in the background that logs everything together. It helps you kind of organize yourself for the next session. And it helps your clients in the future see, oh, wait, I have actually grown. And that's actually a really great use of the block, the chart block, because that puts it really visual, something they could see right away. Yeah, I am improving. Right. Yeah. I I put up here some, I tried picking some super generic this, uh, that's also, I wrote distortions. I didn't even use that word, but the technical word is cognitive distortions. It's because I'm distorting reality inside my head. So like I tried to pick ones that were, might be relevant to, um, Airtable uh, uh, geeks, um, you know. So some people are just like locked up with technology all day. I don't have a social life, or the client's going to hate this. I know I've had that with Airtable. I had a big presentation. You know, I'm too scared. I'm going to fail. Um, I'm in way over my head. I know I've had this with Airtable. Why can't I get this right? You know, like the tape—they're just not linking and rolling up the way I, I thought they should be. Um, you know, here's some more personal ones. Um, I'll never get through all this work. I have that one on a consistent basis. Um, and like where some people, they'll just, this will suck out an hour of their um, work. Like let's say they sit down and they just start thinking about how they're never going to get through it. They could waste 20 minutes just in anxiety. And and if they just spent 30 seconds saying, Jonathan, I got this. I know how to use Airtable. I got forums to help me. I got a Facebook group to help me. I'm going to get through this. That takes me from a two to a seven. And all of a sudden I'm like twice the amount of efficient, like I'm double uh, in terms of efficiency. So, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from Abraham Lincoln. He says, uh, if someone gave me six hours to cut down a tree, I would spend four hours sharpening the saw. It's kind of like what CPT Mm -hmm. a lot of times is about, you know, just good preparation so that I'm going in this with like a frame of mind that's accurate. Forget about positive. Just stop lying. You know, I just got to stop lying to myself that I'm not capable of doing this and I don't have time and I'm, you know, my clients are killing me and whatever. So yeah, I hope uh, people see a new side of Airtable and see their, hopefully maybe first side of CBT also. I hope so too. Um, thank you so much for joining us and explaining everything so well and so thoroughly so that we could all understand it. Is there any way our audience can reach out to you or if they're interested in hiring you for either of your services, either web design or through life coaching, is there a way they can get in touch with you? Sure. Um, so my web design is a great name for a website.com. It was uh, just, I wanted something catchy and uh, mm-hmm. easy to remember. And so I picked a, uh, also some, I had a friend whose email address was, this is a really long email address at gmail.com. I love it. So I, yeah, I stole his idea uh, when I was looking for a domain name. Um, so that's a great name for a website.com. My website for life coaching um, is focused specific. Uh, yes, leave. Um, it's focused specifically on teenagers, just because that's um, the way I like, that's where I focus my Google AdWords on. But I, a lot of times either I'm working with parents of teenagers because the teenagers, uh, are refusing to talk to me, but I've also just had tons of, you know, uh, nothing to do with teenagers or being a parent of a teenager. But, um, so don't get turned off from the website, but the website is trueesteemcoaching.com. Once again, thank you so much for having us and going through the very, very important work that you do. It was great talking to you. 
thank you so much and uh thank you to all the all the listeners i i uh i said i'm pretty new to airtable and i'm definitely new to this podcast so uh i appreciate everyone who's kind of built it up until now and i just look forward to uh learning more as uh as time goes on